Today's show is sponsored by OrcaCoors.com. Now, normally I would tell you to go there and I'd tell you to use bourbon and all that, but until the 15th, the whole site is 20% off. So go to OrcaCoors.com, get those roto-molded coors that keep ice for days, get the barrel, get the chaser teeny, get all the good things, the chasers, the coffee mugs, everything at OrcaCoors.com is 20% off until the 15th. Go there now. The other awesome thing I want to tell you all about is as of the 10th, Picks Packs are out. So I've been working on, you know, the Get Picks app. It's a great place to go. Share what you're drinking, share your tasting notes. It's crowdsourcing all the tasting notes together. There are now Picks Packs. I've been working on this with them. There's three blind samples that come in a pack. There's QR codes. You do your tasting. You could see what other people said about the whiskey that you're drinking. And then once you do all that stuff, it reveals to you what you were drinking. So it is awesome. You know how much we love blind tastings here at dad's drinking bourbon go to pickshop.com get a picks pack even if you want to gift it or you want to hone your own skills you want to see how you're doing with blind tasting how you're doing with tasting period just go to pickshop download the app get a picks pack try it for yourself it's a whole lot of fun what you got for me zeke baker well not as much of a humorous cold open but i did think it was worthy of throwing it out there at some point and since it doesn't really pertain to the show we're gonna do today why not do it now so you remember we did the the JD single malt a little yeah. while back, right? I can't remember if you put it out or not. I'm, I'm trying to catch up on the backlog. I did, but we are behind a show. So like, I'm, I need to sneak another show in here somewhere before the end of the month. <laughs> but I did think it was funny. Literally a few days after we recorded that, you know, I'd brought in the show. Like, I think this is really going to throw people for a curve because the Jack Daniels has such a loyal following. And sure enough, a buddy of mine is like, hey, I got a really good friend. Do you have any leads on this? He's hitting me up about it. He loves Jack. His dad loves Jack. He wants to carry it to Christmas, crack it with his dad, have the family get a pour. And I was like, I get what you're saying. And I know what people are going to think, especially on paper. But you, you need to let me tell let me talk to you about it in a little while and explain to you the, the, the profile of this, or I can send you the link once the podcast comes out. Because yes, it says Jack on the label, but this does not taste anything remotely close to the Jack family of products that everyone associates with whiskey, at least not the rye, you know? No. And I find it surprising too. Like the price that's going on secondary is you have the normal holiday releases and this one's like 50 bucks more. And I'm like, somebody's going to buy this. I like it. I thought it was a good whiskey. We talked about it. It's a very good malt, but I'm like, somebody's going to buy this and they're going to expect one thing and they're going to get another. Yeah, I mean, somebody's family member is going to get it sprayed on them. And again, it's not because it's bad, but you're just going to be expecting Jack in your head, to, at least to some you know, 80%, 90% degree. And then you get that, it's about 1% Jack in the fact that it's a brown-colored spirit and it came from Jack Daniels. And the rest, you're going to go, oh, it's just everywhere. <laughs> So please, this is your friendly reminder. This year's holiday release from Jack is a single malt finished in a wine barrel. This is not your typical Jack. Hello, hello, everyone. My name is John Edwards. With me, as always, is Zeke Baker, and together we make the Dad's Drink at Bourbon. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, thank you for making us a part of your day. Zeke, we took a little week off. We had to get some stuff ready for the holidays, so apologies. I mentioned that before. We will be making up the shows this month, though, so you get your regular allotment. You have a good week? Busy. Uh, work's been busy. Uh, I'm trying to knock out 
some continuing education for a few licenses I have that need to be renewed at the end of the year. So I've been multitasking with that during my days and then trying to figure out presents for the kids and adulting and all that wonderful stuff none of us really enjoy but have to do in this time of year. And it is such a crazy month. I feel like everybody's trying to get everything in like before things renew at the end of the year. So uh, yeah, you know, we took a week off, but we got to go Christmas shopping. We got to do stuff for the kids. My daughter had a singing performance that she absolutely did awesome at. I know you guys really care about that. I care about that. She did awesome. I'm a proud dad. So I'm gushing a little bit. She really loves singing and I love watching her up on the stage. So we're back. We are, we have so much stuff. I dropped so much stuff off to you though during this week and i got even more and there's this like staging area of my house where i put things before i you know pour off samples for you and i'm just in so much trouble because i feel like the staging area this time of year just is there and it's always there and i need to keep the place clean and Anyways, so I'm doing a shitty job at that. So I need to get more samples up to you. What we are drinking today is the fall 2022 edition of Old Fitz Bottled and Bond. Heaven Hill Distillery announced the release of the fall 2022 edition of Old Fitz Bottled and Bond at 19 years old, the oldest to date in this specific line. Comprised of barrels produced in September 2003 and bottled in October of 2022, the 10th national release ushers in the latest edition addition to the Hallmark series, which adds to the Bottled and Bond legacy. Bottled in an ornate decanter, the fall edition denotes a black label consistent across all fall releases. As was the case for the past editions, this edition's tax strip, which has always been a signature of transparency on Bottled and Bond products, will disclose when the liquid was produced and bottled. It meets the strict requirements of a Bottled and Bond, the product of a single distillery from a single distilling season aged a minimum of four years and bottled at 100 proof or 50% ABV. This edition's MSRP is $240, which they used to do that 10 bucks a year thing. I think they stopped doing that, so now it's $240. Hey, maybe the market went up. Maybe it did. Any questions you have for me about this one, buddy? Um, the only questions I have going into this, I think, would be better off following our notes. I mean, I don't, I don't think they ever disclose release size on these things, do they? They don't. It yeah, just says I mean, allocated. I, I presume being at 19 year, probably going to be less than most of them because it's older, more evaporated, got lost, etc. I think we could all say that would be a common sense uh, rationale kind of thing. A hundred percent. Other than that, it's what, you know, the standard weeded mash bill of all of their old Fitz products. Yep. Which would be the same mash bill as Larceny. Yep. Okie dokie. And Lord knows anyone that's listened to us for any length of time has definitely heard your bottled and bond spiel. I know. Twice. Or like 18 <laughs> times. I'm sorry. I, I know you like it. I, I just don't have the energy for it tonight. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I am sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, my friend. I don't know what to tell you. Like, I know you're tired. I know you didn't get any sleep last night, but it's 68% corn, 20% wheat, 12% malted barley. Fair enough. What did you get for this whiskey, Zeke Baker? Or the old Fitz 19. Let's see what the notebook says here. I've got down that there was mainly oak on the entry, but it's not overwhelming and it really has a, a good bite sense to it. it Why do you have a blown me? up text message piece of paper? Because this was my itinerary from the weekend that I printed from my phone so I could write notes on it and know what to pack. Oh, 
Okay, cool. For those of you that know, the Zink and I are Zooming right now, and he held up this piece of paper, and it's a text message. I'm like, why do you have a text message? But anyways, okay, so Oak? Yeah, again, there's, um, you know, mainly Oak was the pretty much the biggest thing I picked up on the entry. It didn't, like, startle you or, or overwhelm, and I thought it had a really, I put good bite. I guess a better word is probably balanced or, or in tune. If you Again, if you listen to us more than a few times, you'll know that especially me and, and John normally as well, don't really get into the the heavy oak profiles. Obviously, it's going to be there. It needs to be there as a necessary balancer, but uh, I prefer sweeter side of things. But I, I did think this was was in tune with where it should be for a 19-year product. I, I didn't think it was very viscous. And in terms of the oak profile that I picked up, I felt like it had you know the usual suspects. I'm sure we could all name off. It probably had over time, so I usually try not to waste too much breath or energy there. But it definitely differed from a lot of more recent, even not as aged products in that it was just a truly essence of, you know, new oak. And it didn't have the the charry, briny, uh, pucker up your mouth kind of feeling. It definitely wasn't even too dry at all, I felt, for a 19-year. Uh, again, much less like, you know, making you kind of pucker up at all or make a fish face kind of thing. I thought the finish was either slightly bitter or maybe a smoked almond finish, but I Definitely got like a, a remnant of some type of almond and, you know, a can of nuts thing. I think it may be somewhere between smoked and like this was kind of dry ones, you know, dry roasted, I guess. The finish hangs around, but it hangs more as a feeling than as a perception of flavor or flavors. Like I could tell it was there. I could tell it was coming off my tongue. It was evaporating some and it did it very slowly but I didn't have a, a reminiscent flavor that lingered in my mouth. If that makes sense. I mean, it was very unique in that essence and kind of hard to describe because honestly, I can't think of many things that do that. But again, you can't call it anything but the finish because it's lingering like one, but there wasn't a whole lot of taste to it. I really think it's the mouthfeel that, you know, at a hundred proof, and I know this is bottled and bond, it's supposed to be a hundred proof, but I think, you know, the difference in this one opposed to the other ones and, and opposed to the other weeded Nashville's is just the mouthfeel of it. You're a hundred percent correct on the Oak, you know, and, and unlike you, I'll actually give a nose because the nose was super earthy. And then there was almost a, a hint of which is funny because there's no rye in here at all. There's almost like a little mint to it on the nose. Mm -hmm. But then the taste, I got a bunch of earth notes, like pepper, oak, tobacco, spice. There's a fair amount of like pepper spice on here as well, which is funny because like it's supposed to be a weeder and I'm getting a lot of like rye sensations from this. And I think it, it's the barrel, you know, more so than anything kind of putting some of that stuff in there, but it's not what I would expect from a weeder. Like I, I wouldn't expect to get that much spice. You know, the Oak is there. I think it's appropriate for a 19 year to, to have this Oak and it's not too much Oak. It's not overly drying. It's not the pucker up thing, but you know, Oak fans, it's funny because there are people, I think there's two camps, right? Let, let's just throw this out on the table because both from the same distillery, I've heard people say that this old Fitz 19 is their favorite thing this year. And then there's people like you and I that are like the Heaven Hill 17 might be the best thing I've had all year. One is sweet. I might. <laughs> <laughs> One is sweet. Bye. And and I luckily, right? Like, in, and the funny thing is, is I posted a picture on the Dad's Tricky Bourbon Instagram, which is really funny because 
Zeke was like, how the hell did you get that? And I was like, a friend brought it over. And he's like, yeah, I never thought you used those toppers on top of that thing. I was like, no, I don't. But I had the Heaven Hill again, and I could tell you it's just as good as when we had it the first time. And it's so funny to me, though, the same distillery, two different Mashvilles, two years apart, but like completely different profile, which obviously, right, a different Mashville is going to be a different profile. Duh. I know I didn't say anything earth shattering there but it's just crazy how these things can age and how one can really take on the wood and one doesn't yeah and i you know also to that it would be interesting to know what the proof was coming out of the barrel because as we've had plenty of things that we've been able to you know either water ourselves or, or taste the comparison to especially with hyper age stuff but as the water goes into those especially the hyper age stuff I, I think they're almost much more sensitive in the way of what's left or what becomes the dominant note in the entire profile is just the oak so you know be interesting to see like did this come out at you know 108 109 or was it 130 because that would be a huge swing and, and obviously make a bigger difference but and also you know technically wheat is supposed to showcase the wood more and i think that's where it really matters more on a wheater when it's pulled in the aging process because the, the grain itself isn't really there to, to lend a ton of flavor it's to almost be a catalyst for, for conveying the flavors from from the oak so you know if you pull at the right time that's when the wood's given off the sweetest accents it can and all those extra vanillas and things like that but once they're kind of sucked out of the wood so to speak then it's going to get more of the the char and the aging and other things and it's like also you think about how those elijah craigs come off like i could see this definitely being 120 proof or higher you let that thing sit for 19 years the proof is going up there so oh, yeah. you know i, I definitely uh I, I wouldn't see this coming out at 109 or 108 but i would love to see an old fits you know because we see the larceny and the larcenies aren't aged over 10 years i would love to see what you know a 10 year 10 to 19 year old fits what that is going to be at cast strength oh yeah i mean not to completely derail your notes and certainly circle back to it we'll just use it as a placeholder but one of the biggest questions I had was, you know, you have to wonder if through all this, somebody, you know, compiled data or, or you know, try to do enough research to get a better idea of, all right, they're obviously trying to grow the larceny barrel proof line to get it to keep up with Elijah Craig, three releases a year, same format, et cetera. Did anybody try to, you know, map out or find the data to say, all right, here's the where the barrels, you know, the age wise, we should start pulling to, to get the perfect balance of flavors for this product because they've done these old fits. And I mean, I don't know how far the years span. I don't even know if you do at this point, but I know they've been all over the place and we've been lucky enough to try most of them. And and the flavors have been all over the place as well. So I thought there's definitely got to be some kind of good, you know, marks or data points that could have been obtained or derived from this. And I just wonder if they had a bunch of old fits like the question I have is, did they map it out saying like, okay, this one's going to be a nine, this one's going to be a 14. Like, did they map it out that way? Or is it just like, hey, we're tasting all these old Fitz barrels we have and the best ones are going to come out, you know, whatever year it is. If nothing else, and I honestly do imagine it's probably more coincidence than anything, but this is the perfect time of year to drop this profile in a whiskey. Oh, yeah. If this is a winter pour, <laughs> like if you're asking me what a winter pour is, it's totally this. This is kind of like your standard bourbon in the fall, winter. 
And then you know, once you move to snow on the ground, that's when you get that port finish of the Midwinter's Night's Dram that comes out. But the funny thing, and I've said this all along, I think there are two distilleries that right now could easily compete with Buffalo Trace and why they don't do things differently. I mean, I know everybody kind of does their own thing, right? But I think Heaven Hill could have an antique collection because you think you have like the old fits, you have the Parkers, you have the Elijah Craig. You know, you, you have your specialty releases from Heaven Hill. I think Jack Daniels could do an antique collection. Like they're not going to call it the antique collection, right? But and Jim Beam, sorry, I'll throw Jim Beam in there too because I think Jim Beam could do in a heartbeat. They could kind of have their like special releases where there's five of them and they all come out together. And I think people could absolutely go up against the Buffalo Trace antique collection and hype it up just as much. And I mean, maybe you don't remember this far back. But when we did the Heaven Hill 17 show, we talked about that. And, you know, A, is it really worth trying to compete, cause more mass hysteria, et cetera, when you know that's already there and people are already focused on it? It's Christmas time. People usually pre-tapped money-wise. I'm sure folks are saving to try and get, you know, some allocated stuff when all the Buffalo Trace drops. But imagine if two or three other distilleries all do it at the same time. It's, it's just too much. It's overwhelming. And I, I mean, I thought we agreed about it then, but I mean... Personally, I certainly would still say that I prefer these folks to do random LTOs at random times and just spread it throughout the year. No, I do like that it's spread out. I just like bringing up the point that like if you look so, you know, my dad being a cop and saying things, if you look at the preponderance of the evidence is something my dad would say. But if you look at the totality of these distilleries, they're spreading it out. But like, I just want to bring up, I guess I'm highlighting that if they showcased it differently, I think you would look at these releases differently than people do now. Like, I think people idolize BTAC and BTAC's great. Don't get me wrong. But I think if you look at like what Heaven Hill and Jim Beam and Jack Daniels do, if they showcased it a little bit differently, people would be losing their shit over some of that stuff. Well, a lot of that is just marketing perception, et cetera. I mean, our show's out on BTAC. We don't really compare them to any other LTOs or releases from this year or, or whatnot, but I think most people could infer from our tasting notes and enthusiasm or maybe more so lack thereof for some of that lineup that, you know, like there's plenty of other great drinkers out there. Let's be honest. I mean, I always look forward. It's, it's a bummer, right? When you look forward to certain things and they're not always, I mean, every release is different, but I do love heaven Hill. I, I, this one, ultimately at the end of the day right like if you're an oak fan this is not going to be our ideal heaven hill pour we just tipped our cards and told you we're leaning much more towards the 17 than this old fits 19 but if you like oak this is absolutely your jam like i can understand why some people think this is their whiskey of the year if that's your profile yeah it's a good pour and you know i I think also to kind of i guess go back to you know comparing other brands distilleries and their ltos and whatnot they still put out an array of profiles without that many mash bills or doing too much too different at Heaven Hill. If you really think about it in that realm, I mean, even look at how far the range is on some of those ECBPs and the larceny batches from each year. I know it's technically not an LTO, so to speak, but they are pumping out an array of flavors that to me circles back to where bourbon should be. And I wish it was more and not someone asking how much is it worth? What can I get for it on secondary? Yada, yada, yada. But it's friends sitting around with a damn open bottle saying, what'd you get? 
and then just arguing about it because you can for 30 or 45 minutes on which one might be the best. Like that was the good old days shit. (laughs) Oh man, that was great. I feel like, so the other thing that's kind of just been funny, I feel like that Willet, the Kings of Leon Willet that has dropped in town. So I ended up getting a few bottles of each, but I feel like that's the first one lately that I've just been able because I've, I've got a few of each like I brought over. So Nate was in town, whiskey with a view, uh, whiskey, Nate, he was in town. Whenever he comes in town, I always go over and drink with him and his dad and his brother was there this year, but I brought the, the Kiyomichi and I was just like, Hey, here's the five. It's a way different profile than what you would expect from Willet and just enjoy. And I loved just being able to like, I don't know. It was one of those things where I was like, I don't care. Drink as much as you want, you know, like, and, and it was back yeah, I mean, to the it's, old it's, days. It's good to have stuff. That's at least looks fairly limited. Folks haven't seen it or haven't had it. Like, Oh, I've been wondering about that one. Care if I have it, man, it's open for a reason, son, go to town. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And so like, I, I just, I miss those days of like when things you could kind of get a backup and I, I never want to be greedy and I never want to like have a museum of bottles at my house, but I do like for certain ones having a backup because I tell people like I'm too generous about it that I'm just going to like want to bring it over and say, drink the hell out of it. And then like, I do that with our picks all the time. I bring our picks over to somebody's house and we'll drink like half the bottle. And then I'll be like, oh, you just keep it. And then I'm like, shit, I don't have any more of our picks because I keep like letting people have it. I don't Especially know. This time of year, you know, I mean, it's, it's what we all want to do. It's holidays, people get together, you know, food, drink, yada, yada. Like you want to be able to share and have some good stuff that people are excited to try. I know. And we're rambling, but bottom line is if you love Oak, this is a great pour, right? Like. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have a, a, a dig or a knock on it at all other than it's not exactly my profile. Would I complain if someone poured it for me? Hell to the no. Um, my only other final kicking question that I've heard around the rumor mills, since I still try to keep up with those a little bit, I've heard this might be the end of the line. Really? Again, they did not tell John this. I didn't even mention it to him till now. Friends, rumor mills, like anything else? chats you've what? been working on this picks thing a lot you're not paying attention to the chats anymore I, I still got my my bread and butter don't worry i know the picks packs are live you're probably already heard the ad in the beginning of the show picks packs are live go to pickshop.com get yourself a picks pack i actually got to design those that's the cool thing like i got to go in and help pick what whiskey was going to be in there do all the descriptions all that fun stuff and you know i love it because it goes back to our roots and it's blind and you get the QR code, and then you can figure out what you were drinking. Keeping people honest with blind tasting, Zeke. Preaching the gospel. Sounds good to me. I just want to say, if you're listening to this show today, it's the 13th Bourbon Finds on Instagram. It's at Bourbon Finds. Zeke, you don't even know this because you follow social media so um, sparingly. But there is a tournament. So it was like a March Madness tournament with the top 64 Instagram accounts. Do you, I've seen this actually. I've, I've followed a little. I might have voted for us once or twice. Do you know we're in the final four? No. We are in the final four. Like I am just floored that we are relevant this far in. Like we're six years in and we're still relevant. We're almost seven years in. If you're listening to this, if you've made it this far, please go to Bourbon Finds and please vote for Dad's Drinking Bourbon. And uh, I did feel pre- bad. Um, one of the folks we keep up with, PC Whiskey, sent me a thing. You know, I mean, I really don't check those messages, right? So yeah. I get on Instagram and he sent me a thing like, hey, 
can you click on the link and make sure you vote for my thing, blah, blah, blah. It was part of that tournament or whatever. And I'm like, well, when I click on it, I'm like, man, I don't know. I'm not the best of these damn uh, apps, but I can't find the link here anymore. And he's like, yeah, it expired about a day ago. <laughs> I'm like, shit, my bad, man. You know, I'm not good with social media. <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes. That's why Zeke is not in charge of our Instagram. But thank you, Heaven Hill, for sending us this sample of Old Fitz 19. Obviously, you could tell by the way we talk about it. It's not like we're swayed, but we are very humbled and appreciative that you send us some whiskey. Go ahead and find us on Facebook at Dad's Drinking Bourbon, Twitter at Bourbon Dad's, Instagram at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Please leave us an open, honest review, just like we leave open, honest reviews about the whiskey we drink. Zeke, where else can the folks find us? Good old Music City, U.S. of A. Cheers. Ciao.